0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Rangeless Travel Podcast. We're your favorite adventure travel couple. I'm Britt and my partner, Ryan. And every Tuesday, we share stories and tips to help inspire you to book that next trip. This week, we're talking about all the emotions around leaving long-term. So whether you're leaving for a long backpacking trip, whether you're becoming a digital nomad, moving away to college, just moving to a new city for a job opportunity, or moving into a van, like we're about to do here in a couple weeks, there is a lot of excitement and emotions and anxieties and sometimes even guilt around moving away from your home, your hometown, or just the people you call home.
1: Right, right. My first time leaving home was to go to college. Yeah. I mean, it was probably four hours away when I first started going to college. I feel like
0: that's a lot of people's first... Yeah. Time leaving home is to go away to university or go away to college.
1: Yeah. And it was probably a four-hour drive by the time I started. Then they built a motorway and it got a lot quicker. But there was definitely, like, the homesickness feeling. Like, not seeing your parents all the time. Like, I didn't know how often I was going to be coming home. I went home, like, once a month.
0: Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to go home.
1: But I also had a car. Yeah. So I used to drive up and down. Um But, like, it was the first time, like, I was 18, like, you know, first time going away from home.
0: So, a lot of people's first time going away from home is, like, 18, leaving for university, leaving their parents for the first time, and getting to, like, step out on their own two feet. So, what were some of the feelings that you felt the first time? Like, did it really matter, or were you just, like, ready to get
1: out i mean i was like definitely fly. i was definitely excited to go to college i was a little bit nervous because it was like all new people but yeah. i still had some friends that i went to school with that were going to the same college as me so i like
0: yeah because you're in ireland there's really only so many
1: there's like five or six big ones i don't yeah, even know off only the top of my so head so many
0: that you can go to
1: yeah um so we de- i had people who were in the same school as me so i had yeah. like a small social circle and they were dotted around different areas yeah at Start so I wasn't too worried about that. I remember my mom drove me up to college the first week, yeah, like to help me move in and stuff. And
0: what did you feel when she was like driving away and like leaving? That
1: was really hard,
0: yeah, that's the
1: feeling. That was really emotional. That was like it was like just sadness. It was like
0: there goes my mommy,
1: yeah, like you know, (laughs) it's like oh, I'm on my own now, uh, like it's really like that was hard. And like that never gets easier for me.
0: I know you have a really hard yeah, time. Yeah, that every-
1: never gets easier for me. For like, me,
0: a- it was a little bit different because I left home in like waves. Yeah, and like I never really had this strong sense of home. So I like moved out of my childhood home when I was seventeen, and my parents divorced, and like my mom, my dad stayed at the house, and my my mom got a different house. So and then I went and lived with my mom because that's where my sister was but then my mom was literally never there right so it was just me and my sister and i very quickly had to step out of like being a kid and into like full time looking
1: after your looking after my
0: sister being responsible for her um for everyday things as well as like bigger things yeah and then when i was 18 i was kicked out of my mom's home and my relationship with my father was still a little rocky because I left and went and lived with my mom, and then I was kicked out of my mom's home, which then, like, propelled me into this very unhealthy relationship because I literally had nowhere to go, and I needed somewhere to live, so 18-year-old Brittany was like, I guess I'll find a dude with money, and that's exactly what I did. Ended up being a very toxic relationship, and then from there... I like moved back to my dad with like just a just a little bit, like a couple months before moving into university.
1: Right. Yeah. So
0: I had this like roundabout, like weird so relationship. So you had moved in home. and out a
1: couple times before you even went to college.
0: Yeah, before I even went to college, I feel like I like moved in, moved out, moved in, moved out, was on my own, then I wasn't on my own, then I was on my own again, then I wasn't on my own again. So I had this like very strange. Relationship the first time of like moving out because it wasn't so straightforward and it was all kind of abrupt. Yeah. So I didn't really have time to be nervous or excited or like it was all just fight or flight.
1: Yeah, because I, I planned to go to college. You didn't plan for that to happen. It just happened right away. Yeah, everything
0: like, just kind of happened to me. Yeah. Like, all at once. So, I mean, my emotions were a little bit different. Mine were like, I have to survive. So mm-hmm. I was very much in survival. Yeah. Which. I think unfortunately it's pretty common for people as well around that age. Yeah. But then I went on my first big trip and I never felt like I was leaving home so much as I felt like I was going towards and I was looking for home. Right. Like I felt like in my first few travels, like I perpetually like looked for home.
1: Yeah, you were trying to find, like, a sense of community, a sense of, like, somewhere you belong.
0: Yeah, and I still do. I still, I talk about community all the time because, like, that was such an important part that, like, I was lacking. So, me leaving was very much, like, I'm searching. Yeah. I'm searching for where I belong. I'm searching for that home. I'm searching for that community that, like, I didn't have built in. Yeah. Yeah. And then you did your big, your big trip to university, and then you started coming to the States.
1: Yeah, every summer, like for three summers in a row, I came over here to work on a J-1 visa.
0: And how was that kind of like, because that was like back and forth. So that was so, like waves of coming to the States before your big move to the States.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was coming, it was safe. It was a safe move because I was coming to a place where I knew I was going to stay. Yeah, I had a job lined up.
0: You're staying with family. And I was staying
1: with my family, like yeah. my aunt and my cousins, which was really, really fun. It was like living in a, a sorority house or a frat house. Like well it was more of a sorority house. You were really living in a sorority house. It was it was <laughs> so it was definitely a sorority house and Ryan, the groundskeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like the first time I remember first I would started working at a bar and I'd never bartended really before. I'd done some small stuff, but like I was literally thrown into the wolves, like yeah. left by myself on, what was like, Memorial Day weekend or 4th of July? One of the well, big weekends.
0: That's a huge weekend to go out if you're listening from somewhere outside. We're in the Jersey Shore, and that's where he's talking about, which is one of the biggest weekends of the year.
1: Yeah, so. and I was just left to myself. So, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, fight-or-flight mode that whole night. Let yeah, me but tell when you. you
0: were leaving to come
1: when to I was the leaving States, to come. you were
0: excited. I
1: was very excited. You I was,
0: loved coming here. I, I did. Remember. It was my
1: favorite place.
0: He was like, I love it here. And yeah. then that ultimately made you want to stay here and of course but I think that was probably a lot more emotion provoking when you were making like when you were talking to your parents being like I think I'm going to go to the U.S. and I'm going to stay
1: well like that was never I always wanted to but that was Mm -hmm. never like really my plan because I had no way of doing that because of visas visas i wasn't going to be able to just come and stay
0: okay but when you found out that you were going to stay how did that after the
1: three summers of doing the j1s for three months a year whatever i came back for a year on a graduate visa after Mm -hmm. i got my master's and i was here for a year and after a month i found a job offer i was looking around different job offers when i got here And I got an offer for a job and with a green card where he would sponsor me to stay and get permanent residency. And I was probably here a month. And I remember I was, I was, I got the phone call and he was like, how would you like this? And I was like, I didn't know how to answer him. Like I said, of course, but like, I was never expecting to get that opportunity. And I was very lucky to get that. I'm very, very grateful to have gotten that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when it kind of like hit me and I called my parents and I, I was really excited and they were like, oh, you can stay. That's great. Like, but in Ireland, like it's always looked as a great thing to get a green card. Mm-hmm. It's always seen as a great thing to get a green card. Like so many people talk about it, like, oh, they had a chance to get it and they didn't take it. They're so silly to let it go. Like, I was like, I, I couldn't believe it because it's really hard to get them. Yes. But that was the first time that I get really, really sank in that like, I was going to be staying permanently.
0: Yeah what did you feel like what was going through your head?
1: I was excited and nervous. I was like, I don't know who this person... Like, I knew who he was, but, like, I don't know these people. Yeah. I don't know, like, why Why are they offering me this? Like, what's the catch? Am I about to get taken advantage of? Everyone gets taken advantage of in New York yeah. City. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, a lot I was of like, people... In that situation, I, a lot of people, unfortunately, get taken
1: advantage yeah. of. Yeah, and I was like, there's got to be something up with this. It's too good to be true. So I'm, like, scared and excited but a little bit guilty about not being at home. Yeah. But like, cause like you're no longer you're no longer just a drive away. You're no longer just like four hours on the drive. Now it's like a whole flight. It's a lot of money to fly yeah. out. Especially like if, like it's expensive for me to fly home. But like if everyone was coming to come see me, that's very expensive because it's like four people. Yeah. You know. And, like, it's not realistic because things at home right now, like, my mom's not coming out to visit me. She's looking after my grandmother. Yeah, she's a full-time like, caretaker. Exactly. She can't
0: she's, just, you don't, can't just, like, tell people, oh, like, I'm not going to be here.
1: Exactly. She's, she's
0: taking care of people.
1: So, it's tough. I mean, I've been here, what, like, six years now? I six think, or seven I years full-time. I think about full-time. six years, yeah. And I've been home pretty much once a year, every time. And now this is going to be the first year where I don't know when yeah. I'm gonna be going home next. And I mean, like a month A month is not, I mean, once a year, sorry, once a year is like, it's, for me, I don't think it's enough time to see everyone. You know, you're home for, you get two weeks off a year when you're working and like you go home for one week and then you wanna go and explore a little bit for another week when you're doing whatever. And like, it's just for well, a very that's limited the, time. That's
0: the thing too, in, when you're in the United States and if you're working, you know, a nine to five job, the normal, the normal you know,
1: you get your federal holidays plus two weeks. That's typically yeah. how it goes. Which
0: means, that means every holiday you take, you feel obligated.
1: To go home. To go home. That, or like, to go visit someone. Yeah, yeah, so you'd
0: never get the chance to go on another vacation because your vacation, the only is time you get off home. is to go yeah. home and visit, which is probably a little bit like...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is, yeah, because you also want to go and do things, you yeah. know, you also want to go see the world, you want to go and explore, you want to go, you're there working for something, you know, it's not just to go home every now and then, mm. like, you know.
0: You're not living, you're not living if you're just working to go home, and you're not getting to have those experiences that you want to have yeah. in life. We just got back from six months in Southeast Asia, and this was not my first time on a big backpacking trip or a big big travel. Like, I spent years in Southeast Asia. Yeah. This was your first time on a large backpacking trip. And I think when you go on these... When I was leaving, before I left, I was definitely... Re- like, I was terrified because I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm... You know, those things, like, start creeping into your heads and, like, the doubt of, like, well, I'm a woman. I'm going by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone tells horror stories. Like, I'm going to get stolen and trafficked and all these things and like i just tell myself well in the states that happens so i mean it doesn't really matter where you are bad things happen everywhere it wasn't my first time ever solo traveling i actually solo traveled quite a lot it was just the first time going on a one-way ticket solo yeah so there was a lot of nervousness i was really excited i was anxious to get out of here and to like go explore I felt really guilty because I had to leave my dogs with my father and Mm. that was probably the biggest thing I'd ever felt like leaving home that's like I'm leaving my dogs with my dad I am a bad dog mom yeah you felt (laughs) guilty I am the worst dog mom ever you feel
1: guilty on both parts because you're like the dogs now don't know where I am and they're with my dad so they're confused. Yeah. And then you're also like, now I've also burdened my dad with these two dogs. And yeah. He has to look after. So, so I felt bad. Double, doubly guilty. Yeah.
0: So this is what I did to try to like make it less hard on him. I pre-bought like all their dog food enough for like six months. That, right. So he didn't have to buy their dog food. But that meant there was an entire closet in his house just filled (laughs) with bags of dog food. And I'm like, this is everything you need while I'm not here. I ended up staying for longer, so he had to learn how to go to Costco and buy it. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I try to do. And then I also, because to get to, well, there were three dogs at the time, two large dogs and teeny tiny dog. To get them all to the groomers and everything, he's just, like, not doing and so I set up a one of those groomers that would, like, come to, come the, to house the house in, like, a van. And they have, like, a van.
1: It's like a mobile grooming it's like van. A, yeah,
0: it's a mobile grooming van. Yeah. And they come to your house. So I, like, pre-booked them, yeah. like, multiple groomings bef- and prepaid for them before I left so that they would...
1: Be at least groomed. So
0: they would be groomed and fed. I'm like, if they're yeah. groomed and fed, they'll be okay.
1: That's 90% of their uh needs. So that's
0: what I had set up. I left him with a closet full of dog food and a groomer van that came yeah. to the house.
1: But, I mean, you've got a you've got a huge backyard and everything. Yeah, they're really huge, happy here. He has a
0: huge backyard. It's, it's a fenced-in. It's almost an acre fenced-in that they can, like, run and play and They're yeah. fine. Yeah. All he does is open the door and let them outside and feed them.
1: Yeah. And they're happy. They and keep they're each fine. other company. But
0: I felt... Yeah, I felt so guilty and like I miss my dog so much when I'm not there. That's like my biggest.
1: But that's also part of the reason why we're doing this because they can come with us. Because
0: they can come with us. Now, before we went to Southeast Asia this time, I had that same guilt, but my father had been more used to helping with them, so I wasn't as worried about them. And I was like, they're going to be fine. And I had a return date. So I knew that I'm like, okay, we're going to be home in six months. So like, I'm not worried. So I didn't really feel anything but excitement. I was really excited because when you're someone who's a big traveler, a big backpacker, you've gotten to know yourself on this almost like painfully self-aware level. Like I am painfully self-aware to a point where it's, I'm like, gosh, just like be less
1: turn off. Yeah. Just turn
0: off. Just be less, please or you're painfully self-aware, and then you enter into this partnership where you were very much living and had been living like the nine to five, like the New York City, you know. It wasn't nine
1: to five, but yeah. Yeah,
0: you were like six to midnight every day, but that like New York City, like hustle and bustle, like the New York City hustle is where you were living, and I was living in entrepreneur, started my own social media agency, doing content creation, like living out of a backpack and then our world even though we had known each other for years like collided and i was now like a little bit being brought into like your new york city hustle which i grew up outside of new york city so i'm not unaccustomed to and my like freeness making my own schedule i remember you going to me at one point and saying wow you're just running errands in the middle of the day like i can't believe you do that and i'm like I make my schedule schedule around around that because I need an afternoon break so I know that if I like grind or hustle till like one o'clock then from like one to three I can go run my girl errands which sometimes involve like you know the TJ Maxx the home goods the stop at the bank yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then
1: you go back to work when you get home and then I
0: go back to work for a little bit when I go home like stop at Pilates like do my whole thing and then I can work for a couple more hours where you were literally like 6 a.m. alarm clock, sometimes early, if it was 6 a.m., you were lucky that day. And then you were working and you were coming home at at 10, 11 o'clock at night to like do it again the next day. So you're kind of, like, absorbed into this. There's no time for you to, like, be self-aware. There's no time for that, wow. like, growth. There's no time to think about anything except... Other than the work. Survival. Yeah. At yeah. that point, you're in survival. You're in work survival mode. And I was in a different stage of, like, creation and building clients and, like, building on my clientele and building out my business and all these things, right? And I had traveled extens- extensively. So, like, bringing you into that and, like, being partners with someone who, like, didn't quite know themselves on the same level that i knew myself and then taking you out of your nine to five yeah. and your extreme hustle culture and into southeast asia where things are a little bit slower where things are like it's all right we'll do it later you know yeah. into that kind of lifestyle i was really excited for you to unwind, see, a, little unwind, bit, unwind yeah. a little bit but like also in a selfish way to like see that part of me to like see what because I know that there was a piece of me that, like, you couldn't connect with. Like, you couldn't right. understand. And I think bringing you there, I was really excited. I was like, he's going to get it now. He's going to understand why my priorities are different. Yeah. He's going to understand I mean, where my I, life philosophies are I definitely from. did
1: see that. Especially when, like, we started mixing with some people from your social circle in yeah. like Bali and Lombok. I was like, oh, wow, this is what it's about. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's an amazing lifestyle that they have there. And it's
0: not that these people are working any less. It's no, a they're lot still of, hustling. They're, they're probably working more, to be quite honest. But
1: when you're done at the end of the day, you're in paradise.
0: But when you're done at the end of the day, you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for a surf. Or, oh, there's good waves coming in. I'm going to take the afternoon, and I'm going to go surfing, and then I'll get back to it, like, right. this evening. Or, oh, I'm going to get up early this morning. And those are normal conversations where yeah. it's like – and these people are, like, highly – successful yeah. in standard terms of success of course so to see that those lifestyles are there and me knowing they're there and have lived them i was really excited to bring you to see that i was really excited to watch you experience these things for the first time mm. so i think going in it for me was a lot of excitement when we were going to southeast asia yeah. what were you feeling on your first big trip out terrified <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely fair. terrified fair like, fair enough what am i doing but I also had you, so yeah. that helped a little bit because I knew you'd done it before. I knew you were like an expert at it because you've been doing it for like mm. three years prior.
0: I am quite the expert.
1: Yeah, so I was like, I think I lent very heavily on you, especially towards the start,
0: a lot, very heavily and on we you for like, over it.
1: yeah, over like decision making and things to do and like what we should do next and things like that. I was like. I was like, I don't know anything about this. Like, yeah. I, you've done it before. You should know. And you're like, no, you need to live your own journey. You need to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. And then it took me a while to start doing that again.
0: A long time. It took
1: me a while. But, I, like, eventually I started doing it. Yeah. I just, I felt like I was completely a novice at something. And that's, some, that's kind of hard when, you're like, okay, so I spent the last few years becoming somewhat of an expert in my field. Yeah. And into a position where I'm respected and I know or I can find the information that I need right away and I know what I'm talking about and then I go into this whole new facet of my like entire life and I'm like I don't know anything like and then you're like oh what do you want to do and I'm like. I don't even know what to do like I, I don't know I'm like get this like decision paralysis and that,
0: yeah and that came in our professional life where it came from okay like I was looking at him I'm like what do you want what tasks do you want to be in charge of and he's like I don't even know what tasks there are yeah and then when I would say like the different tasks I'm like okay so there's YouTube editing there's there's short form video editing there's um audio editing There's there's pitching there's, there's, pitching, there's there's a uh, brand relations there's
1: taxes, there's, there's, taxes. <laughs> there's like tracking expenses and like all, da- all that.
0: like a data organization like yeah. all these different facets of what is in our business and in content creation and, and involved in running a social media management company and involved right. in partnering with brands and partnering with different Companies and mm-hmm. businesses, and running a podcast, and running a YouTube channel, and running a TikTok, and an yeah. Instagram, and all of these things, and all of these facets. And he's like, I don't even know what's involved. And you're like, Oh, do you want to be in charge of the Instagram? He's like, Yeah. But like, what's I didn't involved have with Instagram that? prior to this.
1: <laughs> I didn't have an Instagram account. I still don't have a personal. But Instagram. you
0: also looked at the traveling. And like when I would ask you, like, what do you want to do today? You'd be like, I don't know. You've been here before. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, but the growth doesn't happen unless you're also looking at it like, I want to do this A, B, and C. Right. I want to explore A, B, and C. So when you were going into Southeast Asia, I don't think that was something that you even no. thought about.
1: Because, all right, here, like, I spent years, and at the first couple of years, I was making mistake after mistake after mistake yeah. in my career. Like, and I eventually I got to the point where I was no longer making mistakes, and I could correct them if I saw them coming. I would, like, and I was very good at it. And I was, like, that was a huge part of my identity is, like, not making mistakes and, like, doing the right thing and making sure, like, foreseeing problems that were coming up. Yeah. And now I'm in this whole new area where I don't know. So if I pick the wrong thing, it could be disastrous. But that's the wrong kind of thinking. Like, yeah. that is not healthy. No. At all. But You like, just
0: have to do it.
1: You just have to do it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And then you just, just pivot and make it work or do something else or whatever. But yeah. Don't get too, like, focused on being perfect. And I do struggle with that still. Like, perfection, like, I try so hard to make everything perfect, and I'm never, ever happy. But I'm getting better at the point where it's like, it's good enough, get it out there. Like, you know, especially with content creation stuff, it's like, that's good enough, it has to go out. You well, can't spend days and days and days.
0: No. And it's it's like an artist. Like any artist that's creating something, a lot of people think of art as just in the traditional sense. Right. So a lot of people think of art and being creative as, oh, they're painting a picture. They're drawing something. So like, that, and, and that is art. That's 1,000% art. But like also making a YouTube video is yeah. also art. So to get to the point of being like, oh, it's good enough, you hear a lot of painters and a lot of artists struggle with it, that the, the, the painting is never done because yeah. it's not good enough. But it's the same thing when you're a photographer or videographer and you're looking at this like vlog, right? Yeah. And you're like, I could change this, I could do this, I can alter this. But it gets to a point where you have to look at it and be like, mm. I am done. And it is great, it is great. It is 1% better than my last one. It's It has to go out because to, the only way to get better and to grow in that area is to make
1: little steps is never going to go and it's also
0: to get things out consistently so if you're working on one video for three weeks yeah it's it's not it's too much it's you got it you got to call it
1: Mm -hmm. and then like just circling back to leaving for southeast asia and the whole career change and everything not just like sometimes i struggle with what people think about me It's like definitely a flaw of mine. I
0: I think it's, I don't think it's a flaw. I think it's human.
1: Well, yeah. I think
0: every human to a certain degree goes, I don't want other people to think I'm weird. I want to fit in.
1: Yeah. You know, like like, a lot of it, like I definitely felt very nervous to tell my parents. Yeah. Like I waited until we were telling them in person in Portugal, like probably three months before we actually left out. And I wasn't sure how they were going to react if they thought I'm crazy. I think they still might think I'm a little bit crazy. I'm not sure. But...
0: They probably just call it how they see it.
1: Yeah. But but at the end of the day, I'm much happier doing this.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's
1: if you don't try things... You don't know. You don't know.
0: If you were to look at yourself... If
1: If I look back... Yeah. At 65 years old, retirement age, mm. and I was still doing my whole career, what I had been doing, I would be very disappointed in myself. Because
0: that was your first job after university, too. Yeah. Which is...
1: And that was also, I felt very guilty leaving. because yeah, the, the, I know the, you
0: did. You had so much guilt I leaving.
1: Was, it was really hard because this guy gave me a shot. like yeah. He like gave me a good job. Got my papers for me. He was a good boss. He was a good boss. It was a very demanding workload. But like he did definitely take care of me and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Yeah. You felt a lot of guilt. It
1: was very tough. It was a tough decision. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like he I I sat down and talked to him about it and he understood too because he's like he would have been upset if I went to leave for a competitor or something like that. But he's like, if you're gonna go and live your life that it's different, you know. He's like, I wish I could do it, but like He's,
0: and he's in, ingrained in it now. His yeah. whole
1: family is living off of this. Like, that's their entire income. Like, so he, they're very much tied to it. Mm-hmm. And he sees it in his own son, who's my age. And I'm sure he feels a little bit of guilt for that, too.
0: Yeah. You are very, you feel a lot of guilt.
1: I do. You it's,
0: worry a lot about how other people are, are feeling around you, what other people did. You feel a lot of responsibility to, to pay them back. You feel a lot of guilt. I don't like
1: to owe anyone for yeah. anything. I really don't. I, I can't. I can't handle that feeling. I don't like favors. I don't like anything like that. I don't want to feel like I owe someone something. Mm. And so I try and make good on everything. Yeah. You know?
0: You got uh, the Catholic guilt.
1: Something like that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah. You get the Catholic guilt.
1: But... So like yeah, turning off like giving up all those responsibilities and those those like what's the word I'm looking for promises I guess or like obligations to other mm. people. It was tough. Yeah, that because was you were
0: like, I'm no longer going to fulfill all those things because I'm I'm leaving. I'm, yeah, it's almost like, oh, I'm leaving you behind.
1: And like I, as a person, I tend to, I'll. Do, I'll move mountains for other people, but yeah. then for myself, I won't do that much. And I do struggle with that, and I've been working on it mm. to try and like live for me and try and do things
0: that, that wanna I want
1: to do for my life. And we than talk like, about that yeah,
0: a lot. I, I'm like, what do you want? What's going to make Ryan happy? Yeah. You need to make decisions for Ryan because at the end of the day, your only obligation and your sole purpose as someone who's young with – you know no dependence no no one yeah. but themselves to take care of your obligation is to find what gives you happiness from the yeah. inside out and what you can do for yourself to be happy and like illuminate that happiness and that doesn't mean that every single day all day long you're gonna have this like toxic positivity and this no. like endless happiness that's not what that means it means that you can create your own happiness no matter where you are
1: yeah i remember the first time you asked me what does ryan want and I, I couldn't answer the question i didn't yeah. know i, I was remember
0: like, that it was so frustrating for me I was and like, that's one of those things what? i say when i'm like painfully aware yeah. when like I'm painfully aware and I know exactly what's going to make me happy and I know where I need to be and I know the steps I need to take. It's only a matter of them myself taking those steps and going on that journey to make sure I maintain that happiness, mm-hmm. which can be a challenge and hard in itself. And it was really frustrating for me that you didn't have that same self-awareness that I, when I would say, what does Ryan want? And you would like, I'd see like this internal implosion of like, boom, <laughs> oh, boom, 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 like what I want. What do you mean what I want? What do I want? What do you mean? You mean what I have to do? And I'm like, no. What yeah. do you want? What is going to make Ryan happy? What brings you happiness from the inside? Yeah. And, like, I can't answer that question. The only person in the world that can answer it is you. Yeah. Now, if you were to look at Ryan six months ago or anyone six months ago, a listener who is thinking about going long-term traveling for the first time or moving to a new city or leaving behind what is home and those people that create home, what would you be telling your younger self or what would you be telling them? Like what, someone who's now on the other side of it.
1: I think you have to definitely give yourself a date to be gone. Yeah. That's like, we. that was the one thing that we actually did that, Mm -hmm. because we were planning on leaving for a while before we actually did. And And it was talks. And it was all talk, it was all talk, and we were, like, doing, like, little things, but never, it was never the priority. Mm -hmm. So if you're serious about doing it, you need to set a date, whether it's 12 months down the road, whether it's, like, we set our date as January 1st. Yeah. Of 2023. We ended up actually flying out on January 4th because the flights were cheaper, but we were ready by January 1st. Not ready, ready, because you're never ready, ready, but, like, we were 95% of the way there. Yeah and we tied up all the loose ends as much as we could and yeah. things like that.
0: I agree with all of that. I think if I were to look at my younger self before like a, like one of my big jumps out into the world, right? I would say, you're not gonna be ready. You're never ready. Do it anyway. Yeah. Leave before you're ready. Do it before you're ready. I would say, yes, just pick a date and just go and do it. You will figure it all out. Mm -hmm. You will figure everything out that you need to figure out. Just go. Like right now, we are about, what? Two weeks out of moving out of this van, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And we are not, we are not not ready. We are not ready. We um, still have more stuff to do in the van. The inside, stuff on the van like we we know the furnace works we know the fridge works we don't know if the water works we don't know if the hot water heater works mm-hmm. we don't have our solar set up yet like we don't have any of that so technically we're not ready to go no but we're going anyway because yeah. we'll figure it out like we'll do it on
1: the yeah we just held a second garage sale of our trying
0: our, to get rid of all the last bits of our yeah stuff. this
1: weekend we just sold all our most of our stuff yeah and anything left is going to go donate mm-hmm. and then i'm selling my car this week so yeah, we got we gotta get we gotta get moving. We just
0: have to get moving. But
1: that's like I'm taking time off, I'm not doing any YouTube this week and it's gonna free me up to do whatever's left on the mm-hmm. van that I know about that's a, I need to fix. I know I have a bunch of stuff to do, but I think I can get it done in a week.
0: Yeah. And so I, maybe. I'm like
1: I'm prioritizing things that need to be done. If there's something I can fix while we're on the road, I'm gonna do it on the road. But yeah. everything that needs to be done now while I have my tools here and like a workshop, I do it now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is it for this week's episode of the Rangeless Travel Podcast. Hopefully next week we are filming this from somewhere on the road or maybe we won't be. Who knows? But we will keep you guys updated. If you want to stay more updated, go to our Instagram and our TikTok. We upload daily on Instagram and pretty much daily on TikTok as well. You can also find us on YouTube or maybe you're listening here on Spotify. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Until next week. Bye. Bye.